Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Burtnick. I am a spiritual life coach, energy healer, and psychic medium on a mission to help you heal, awaken, and expand your light and consciousness. If you are a spiritual seeker ready to learn, grow, and live and breathe your purpose here on this earth, you are in the right place, my friend. Together, we are going to dive deep into opening our hearts, healing our shadows, connecting with our souls, and erasing our vibes so you can live your best life ever. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Service Podcast. As always, it is such an honor to be tuning in with you here today. So on today's episode, we have Joshua Michael as our guest, and we are Oh, we're talking about plant medicine, how ourselves as humans are medicine and things like quantum healing and just so many beautiful lessons that have been learned along the way and, and ways that you can tune back into your own energy and power. So Joshua Michael is a transformational embodiment facilitator, plant medicine integration coach, and sacred business mentor. Joshua guides creative healers and mystics to embody their medicine and create a life of radical health, freedom, and abundance in their chosen sacred service. Through many years of studying and working with holistic health, breath work, plant medicine, marketing, and miracle work, Joshua has alchemized all of these practices into a fresh take on how to lead a holistic life full of fulfillment and joy. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this beautiful episode. I had such an amazing time recording it with Joshua and connecting with him on this deep level, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's dive in. Hi, Joshua. Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. It is such an honor to have you here today, and I'm really excited to sit down and talk to you and learn more about everything that you do and who you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show and it's really exciting to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for a while and I'm glad that we uh, had the ability to reschedule the, the interview mm-hmm. in a time that works for you. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. So I would, I'd love to know more about you and have our listeners uh, learn more about who you are and what you do and a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Um, so I guess where I'll start is um, uh, a little bit of like my journey throughout my life and kind of how things have unfolded and why I am where I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that really starts when I was, um, when I was like really young, like six years old, maybe. And um, when I was young like that, I said that a lot. <laughs> um, I had a lot of experiences with uh, like physical health challenges mm-hmm. and um, emotional, mental kind of things, anxiety, and just a lot of stuff like that. Um, a lot of fear, a lot of interesting experiences of like um, like panic attacks early on. And then also having that reflected in the body through um, digestive uh, issues and um yeah, just all sorts of weird stuff, like my nails not growing in properly mm-hmm. and like lots of weird health stuff. So then that mm-hmm. kind of created this weird story of uh, 
or created this story for me of like, oh, I'm broken or there's something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. the doctors, we, my mom would always take me to the doctors and they would, they wouldn't know what was going on, obviously. And cause there was a lot of chronic different things. And then eventually I found out it had to do with like autoimmunity and um, those kinds of things were going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from a very early age, I had uh, some work to do. <laughs> and um, uh, I feel like I started my journey very early uh, in terms of I was like maybe 12 years old mm-hmm. when I started to uh, take that into my own hands and start to research like natural nutrition and different things like that to try to heal myself. And um, yeah, so I started to like study nutrition when I was young, when I was 12 years old, and that started to help in certain ways. And then things kind of just unfolded to where it was like, I would learn something and then it would present something new and then so on Mm. and so forth as with most of us, you know? Yeah. So I would start to eat really healthy and then that was really good. And then I discovered more about that and more about that and more about that. And then I started to become more aware of um, like how emotions really affect our health Mm. and uh, that sort of thing. And um, then when I was about 17, I uh, started a band with my friends and we started to tour the the United States Mm -hmm. and um, that was really fun. And um, another big thing that I share or study and do within myself and within what I do mm-hmm. is uh, breath work. So mm-hmm. the way I came across breath work is actually kind of funny. I was touring and um, I noticed I would have like stage anxiety and then I wouldn't be able to really finish my um, all the parts of the songs because I was the vocalist. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, how do I, uh, how do I like get better at this? And uh, what came up is like breath control and diaphragm control. And then that led me to Wim Hof. <laughs> yeah. So then that led me to breath work. And then I started to practice that. Um, and that helped with my shows, you know, but then I started to just intuitively practice it um, on my own when I wasn't on tour. And um, then when I was like 18 or so um, on tour, I had my first mushroom experience, which really started to open me up in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then that these things started to culminate where then I was interested in meditation. Then I was interested in journaling. And then I started to journal every day and meditate and do breath work and um, get really interested in the whole like um, um, financial independence and working for mm-hmm. myself and that kind of thing. Cause I wasn't really making a whole lot of money doing the band thing. It was fun, but yeah. um, it wasn't like lucrative in that way. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of culminated with, um, I was like cultivating a certain level of myself and I noticed I wasn't really resonating with or connecting with the uh, people that I was doing that with the band Mm -hmm. um, because it just happened that way. So then we eventually got offered a record contract and um, I just had this intuitive sense that it wasn't good for me anymore. And I was starting to really become aware and wake up to the fact that it was mentally, emotionally, and physically unhealthy for me on many levels. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should quit, da, da, da. And then eventually what happened was I was like, at this time, I was um, really confused about it. And uh, I would go to the sauna like every day, not every day, but almost every day. 
and I would just sit and do breath work and meditate and just really connect in that way. Cause I was like, didn't know what decision to make. And then mm-hmm. I remember one day I came out of the sauna and then I just had this like really strong connection with my higher self for the first time. Mm-hmm. And my higher self was like, Hey, quit. You're fine. Just jump into the unknown. But then like, that was terrifying, but also really exciting for me at the time. Yeah. So then I quit. And then I just jumped into this path, basically just full on, you know, and um, it was interesting when I did quit, I realized how much of like our patterns and the lifestyle that we live, if it's not fully in alignment with ourselves, it's going to keep generating and keeping us in patterns of unhealthiness and emotional trauma and these sorts of things. So like, mm-hmm. as soon as I quit, I started to, like, I didn't have that train that I was running on anymore. Yeah. So then I was like, faced with all of my stuff so to speak and um then I started to do more deeper breath work to heal in that way and then I started to have even more crazy experiences of like connecting with angels and more spirit guides and like it was so trippy I was like what is going on (laughs) (laughs) and then um and then um a few months after I quit um I decided to go to my first ayahuasca retreat Mm -hmm. and uh, that really changed a lot for me. Um, And in that I connected with the spirit of tobacco, Mm -hmm. which is uh, the father earth. Um, And um, then I started to do more work with Hape. And as I would do that, I started to work with these, the spirit of this medicine. And then my life got really interesting where like I was just doing these breathwork ceremonies at home uh, with the hape and with the spirit of this medicine. And I would just be like channeling like these ceremonies from these breathwork ceremonies for myself where like, I would like, I didn't, and it's not like I learned this from anyone, so to speak, but mm-hmm. I was like, I, they would be like, okay, now sage the room and now do this energetic protection and do this and do that. And like, I was starting to heal myself and I would do that like once a week, if it felt like Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, kind of just kept unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. And then I started making content on YouTube and um, yeah. And then the rest is kind of history. It feels like, and <laughs> then uh, certified in holistic health and then uh, more breath work. And now I have a hot store and um, yeah, that's kind of like a culmination in a short way of my journey thus far. Beautiful. That's really amazing. You know, I, I know I've said this to you before, but I think it's, it's so powerful that you started your journey at such a young age with Mm -hmm. more intention. You know, so many of us end up waiting like sometimes decades before we start that healing work. And I think it's amazing that you were called to it at such a young age and, and your journey progressed the way that it did. And now you're serving the world in such a powerful way. Um, you know, I, I love, I love listening to, to your videos and your, your teachings on, on Instagram. And I haven't actually watched your uh, YouTube videos yet, but, um, you have such a beautiful way of reminding people where their power is and bringing them back into that love and that consciousness. And just that, that presence of, of being in this world and being in your body and your soul. So I I really love the work that you do and the energy that you have. It's it's Mm. amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I would love to uh, have the audience know a little bit more about the work that you are doing today. So what is it that you are really passionate about putting out in the world and how are you serving and, and teaching? And mm-hmm. So kind of where I'm at with all of that now 
it's been through a lot of different changes and evolutions as I'm sure you're aware of Mm -hmm. on the journey, you know? (laughs) Um, So I started way back, I would just do like group programs and teaching people breath work. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to evolve more and do work with mo- more work with myself, that started to evolve more and more and more. And then what kept coming through for me was this idea of the sacred guardian. And now it's kind of like turned into the sacred guardian mystery school. And basically what that means is um, uh, the sacred guardian is anyone who feels a calling to serve the world in some powerful sacred way. Uh, to really be a guardian of the earth, a guardian of the new earth, and um, guide people along that journey, you know? So with that, um, the work that I do has transformed a lot, I feel. It's not just mm-hmm. like, oh, come learn breath work, because like the more I learned and the more I evolved myself, the more I realized that like, yes, you can do breath work, but then what about all these other areas of life? And what about this? And what about that? And I think that has a lot to do with my teachings or the studies that I've done in holistic health Mm -hmm. from an early age and realizing that um, health isn't just, oh, I'm going to go buy this Purium and no, 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 I'm not throwing shade on Purium. I like Purium, but like, oh, I'm going to go buy this green drink and that's going to make me healthy and that's going to make everything better. Or I'm going to start doing this differently or this differently. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that might help. But like, what about the entirety of your self and your life? Mm -hmm. So um, kind of where I'm at now is I do what's called the miracle medicine activation. And it's really a culmination of all of these different aspects of what I've learned and what I've grown through. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason why I call it the miracle medicine activation is because it has a lot to do with first and foremost, the miracle aspect. So I'm, uh, I really love the Course in Miracles mm-hmm. and um, all that has to teach. And um, I've seen such powerful um, healing and manifestation and uh, growth through um, the teachings that the Course in Miracles shares. And for those listening, if you're not aware of what that means, um, basically what it teaches um, it teaches a lot, <laughs> but um, yeah. one of the main tenets of it has to do with the um, practice of miracle work. And a lot of people be like, oh, miracles. Yay. That sounds so fun. But it's like an actual science. It's an actual thing. So like a miracle, it's basically one of the quotes from the book. It says um, um, a miracle is when uh, someone who temporarily has more gives to someone who temporarily has less. And then within that, a miracle is also a shift in perception, which saves time ultimately, because you could have like, um, you could be living in this story and running on this track of like, this is going to happen. And it's going to take me this long to do this. And I have all this healing to do and this to do and all this to do. But then through the self inquiry practice of shifting our perception, mm-hmm. we can be, we can really come back to what the, what it calls the holy instant where we're We're not living on this linear train of past, present, and future, which Mm -hmm. is still a thing on a certain level, you know, but then um, when we come back to the holy instant, we're really coming fully back into alignment with source Mm -hmm. and uh, the realization that everything is quantum and everything unfolds. And so long as we have a story about how things are going to play out, that's what's going to play out because we're creating it all. And um I had a beautiful reminder of that last night of uh, I was just realizing like so long as 
we have a story of what we think is happening, whether or not we actually want that thing, we will temporarily create that sort of energy and that sort of unfoldment because mm -hmm. that's what we believe is unfolding. Yeah. So a lot of this, I realize, has to do with this principle of shifting our perception and doing the miracle work and coming back to source because like, yes, eating properly is important. All these different aspects are important, but so long as you're not doing the self-inquiry work and coming back to source and really shifting the story that you're living in, mm -hmm. nothing is really going to change. Yeah. So that's kind of like a big foundation of all of it is the miracle practice and all of that. And um, we kind of start with coming back into source and connecting to source. And we do that through automatic writing and uh, mm -hmm. lots of different practices like that. And then the medicine side of it, it's kind of twofold. It has a lot to do with like my work with Hoppe and the plant medicine, because mm -hmm. I have a really strong affinity with that. And, um, and then also the aspect of understanding that we are all individually medicine and our souls have medicine. Mm. And that's a big teaching that I've realized from the plant medicine is that we are the medicine. And that kind of very much lines up with the miracle work of like, when we shift our perception, we save time and we shift into something that works for us more so. And that in and of itself is us healing ourselves, which is our medicine, you know? So then all of that culminated, it really combines that work with also um, the principles of holistic health and kind of clearing the dogmas of diet and exercise and all these things. Cause there's a lot of dogma in the world of like, Oh, I'm going to do this diet or I'm going to do this exercise. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, what is your body saying? What is your soul saying about that? And what mm -hmm. is true for you? And what do you actually need? What is your body um, traveling on rather than what you think you need to do in those different areas. Mm -hmm. So really clarifying those and creating uh, balance within all of those different areas, which it sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot. It's like yeah. simple principles that allow us to um, make the proper decisions when the things arise, you know, mm -hmm. and then yes. through it, throughout that, we also um, a lot of it um, within the sacred guardian archetype that I spoke of, um, I realized a big portion of really stepping fully into that understanding of being a sacred guardian has to do with um, being fully in our sovereignty mm -hmm. and being fully connected to source and in our sovereignty. And a lot of that has to do with not um, being in a space where we are fully empowered beings. And I feel what, what I've realized is that has everything to do with the work that we're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Absolutely. you can be meditating and doing all these different things and be a light worker, whatever. Right. But if you're working 40 hours a week at stables, then you're not fully empowered and you're not fully stepping into your fullest self, you know? So then we also cover a lot of like, how do you do what you love? And cause I've also studied a lot of online marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's like a really interesting, um, fusion of like holistic health, the miracle, self-inquiry, medicine practice, all of that stuff. And then also like how to package yourself and step into um, a service, a sacred service that you mm. feel called to, to be able to do that fully and actually make a living doing that. So in that case, you're able to serve 
in the way that you're actually feeling called to serve with all of the ability to be as healthy as you need to be to create your dreams and be able to shift your perception in which to create that and have the best highest outcome come out for you and for all and be able to have all the time and space in which to um, honor what you feel called to do and create more freedom and health and abundance and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing work. That is really beautiful. And it's so needed in the world. And it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, so needed. And just the, even, even those reminders of how powerful we truly are. We oh my need, God. We need that. We need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a friend of mine once said, which I've definitely found to be true, is we are so powerful that oftentimes we will create the, um, we are so powerful that we can create the illusion that we are powerless. Yes. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yes. Yeah, whenever we're feeling powerless or victimized or anything like that, and this might be like uncomfortable for some people to hear, but it's like you're creating that on a certain level. You're choosing to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful when we realize that because then we can choose not to be in that situation and choose to be empowered. Yes. Oh, I have full body goosebumps right now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's, that is a, that's really beautiful and powerful that, that realization that we are so powerful that we can feel powerless. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And it's also like very beautiful because it's like we can create that illusion of powerlessness, but yes. then within that, we can also, it's like on a higher level, sometimes I feel that we'll create the illusion of powerlessness um, as a form of like our soul or a higher self doing alchemy with ourselves for our evolution to be able to step into a higher level of power. Yes. And when I say power, I mean, like a lot of people say, oh, power. uh," It's like, I feel like power. um, There's a beautiful quote from this book uh, called Man Uncivilized. And he says, power without love is tyranny and love without weakness is uh, power without love is tyranny and love without power is weakness. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when we alchemize power and love together, it becomes something different in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. And that mm-hmm. is, that is so true. And I, I witness that every day. And that's something that I, that I actually always teach is come at everything with love, mm-hmm. like, like let go of the anger, let go of the judgment. Like you can use things to fuel you and to move you forward. You can use those, those challenges and then that shadow to move you forward, but bring love into it. Cause otherwise you're not going to actually move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it also brings up the understanding that I've learned and I'm sure many people have learned of uh, everything's working for us. And this mm-hmm. is also a big reason why mm-hmm. uh, in what the work that I do, it's very situated in and like rooted in the source connection. Because one thing I've realized on my journey is that the beliefs and the relationship we have to source or uh, if, if we say God, right, like that mm-hmm. can bring up triggers for some people because of religion and all these different things. But it's like so long as we don't look at those triggers when someone says the word God or source or divine mm-hmm. father, divine mother, all these different things. It's like there's things that are 
um, being ran in our operating system with that, right? Because I was raised in the Catholic church, which I don't fully agree with. And a lot of it I found didn't really make sense of like, oh, God is jealous and we need to repent for our sins and all of these different mm-hmm. things. And it's like, whether or not you were raised in the church, that's kind of prevalent within our society at large, yeah. you know? And if that's in your operating system, that's the, the entirety of the reality you're going to exist in. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why we start with the source connection and come back to that so much because everything, um, every relationship experience in our life is a relationship and experience of God, goddess, all that is, because there's nothing that is not all that is. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything that unfolds and in the way in which it unfolds can be traced back to what we believe about source. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the unfoldment of all that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a powerful realization when you finally come to that awareness, because it severs mm-hmm. that feeling of disconnection and it, it, it brings you back into just connecting with everything and everyone and realizing that your energy and how you present yourself to the world has a huge effect on absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And it's interesting too, because then when we start to do that work, I notice it also brings up um, a lot of um, a lot of stories and beliefs and experiences from um, our childhood with our mother and our father, right? Because it's like source is like creating everything, right? And then it's like, then that also, it's like a fractal of that is our mother and our father because our mother and our father created us on a certain level and uh, created our habits and created who we are in this world, you know? So then it's like working through those things, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, when I said divine mother and father, it's like ultimately, every mother father relationship is a fractal of that divine mother and divine father. Mm -hmm. And like the many archetypes that those come in the form of, you know? Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that came through. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do want to loop back a little bit. And one thing that you said while you were explaining your work is the fact that we ourselves our medicine. And I, I thought, I thought that was so powerful. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit more on what you feel around that. Mm-hmm. So um, what I feel about that principle of we are medicine is that um, I mean, the first thing that comes up is uh, if you've, if anyone's ever studied um, like some of Joe Dispenza's work, which I haven't studied extensively, but I've read here and there mm-hmm. and um Uh, the work that he's doing and the things that have been accomplished within the work that he's doing is amazing where, Oh my God, I heard this story one time where there was a woman, I think it was, or a man. um, And this person uh, had like multiple sclerosis or some kind of condition where they couldn't walk Mm -hmm. and they were in a wheelchair for years and years and years and years. And after this Joe Dispenza hour long meditation, the person was standing up dancing in the aisle And then it's like, there was also this other story of someone had like stage four terminal cancer. And then like the doctors were like, give, they gave up because they're like, they're going to die. And then within 48 hours, this person's tumors melted off completely and the cancer disappeared. 
Mm-hmm. And there was no medicine involved. There was no, and I'm not discounting the power of plant medicine, but it's like really with plant medicine, even as it brings us back to the understanding that we are medicine mm-hmm. and our thoughts and our beliefs and the way in which we perceive our reality and the way in which we, the stories we tell about our reality really creates everything. And then uh, it can be scary at first to realize this because then it's like, well, then who am I? Because a lot of what happens is we'll start to identify with these stories and these beliefs. And like, it's really interesting how the mind works and Mm -hmm. um, how maybe as a child, and I'm speaking about myself, right? It's like, as a child, I have these different health issues and certain relationship with my mother and my father. And it's like, we will carry that through our lives. And Mm -hmm. even if we're at a place where we're starting to be healthy, um, I would notice is I would sabotage myself to overeat or do some kind of thing that would make me unhealthy because there was a certain level of the psyche that felt loved and safe in being that unhealthy victimized child. Mm-hmm. And it's like when we really reclaim our medicine and re- and I think within all of this, um, uh, in speaking about the fact that we are medicine at the core, we also need to speak about who are we at the core? Because if we're in the consciousness of the ego and the identity and the separation in that way, then there's no way we can access our medicine because medicine has everything to do with change. Because med- because healing is change, right? If we're in this situation that's uncomfortable and uh, whatever the, the case is, in order to heal, we're going to have to change, which involves death on a certain level, you know, mm-hmm. on a certain level of identity or whatever it is. So, so long as we're rooted in the ego identity, which does not want to change and mm-hmm. wants to stay where it is, we cannot access our medicine because of the fact that we're not willing to change and we're not seated. Our consciousness is not seated in that um, understanding that the universal constant is change. Um, Mm -hmm. So in really activating our medicine and coming into the fullness of the fact that we are medicine and we can heal everything. um, We first need to step back into our connection with source, which has everything to do with connecting to our true self and seeding our consciousness at a higher level at Mm -hmm. our eternal being rather than the self that is temporary and always changing the ego is always changing i mean unless you're in the ego and you're holding on and this is what creates i find or this is my belief in terms of like what creates a lot of symptoms in the form of weight gain or Um, unhealthy body, mind, spirit, whatever it is, um, Mm -hmm. I feel that has a lot to do with um, being seated in some level of stagnancy and attachment. And so long as we hold that, we'll never be able to change and heal, you Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. And it's like, and like in the fact of that, we step into the eternal self. And it's like, it's not even about stepping into the eternal self. It's just about remembering that that's where we already are. And then it becomes a fun game of, and it's not about killing the ego or getting rid of the ego or saying, fuck the ego, because so long as you create that war within yourself, your ego is going to fight you. Right. Mm -hmm. But the ego is neutral. 
on a certain level and it has everything to do with what we believe about it Mm -hmm. and if we give it our power you know and so long as we remember that we are eternal and powerful beings of source and we are divine creators then we can realize that the ego is just a fun little video game we're logging into Mm -hmm. and then we have fun with changing it and then we enjoy the evolution and the death and then we're more willing to go through the portal of death in when i say that i mean the portal of death in terms of a dying of certain habits or beliefs Mm -hmm. or versions of self which feels like a death because the ego is dying on a certain level but then we're more open to that because we realize the version of us that is the true version of us cannot die and is just transforming through these different aspects and dimensions and it's very shamanic, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the ego is um, it's very interesting. And I, I now feel like it's, it's a blessing when you get to bring it along with you rather than, rather than fighting it. It's, it's, you're that's just, the key. Yeah. You just get to bring it along and it's going to shift and change as you grow because the ego is like in correlation, it's going to grow with you. It has Mm -hmm. to, otherwise, like you said, you're going to be at war with yourself and there's just going to be that, that huge energy of dissonance within you. But if you just let it come with you and let your soul be the leader and let, let that eternal self be the leader, it's, it's naturally going to create a sense of ease, even within the challenges and lessons that will continue to come up because that's, that's part of our soul journey and evolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like within what you just said, something that popped up for me is um, the ego can be a channel and a conduit for our eternal self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we allow it to be. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this, this negative thing. It can be a tool. It can be a partner with you, with your soul. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some, I don't know why this is coming up, but I guess it's important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there is a level of, um, and I'm not naming names or calling anyone out or anything like that, but I noticed there's like within the, the collective consciousness of like the spiritual community will say, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there can be a tendency for certain individuals, like I said, not calling anyone out in particular, just a general uh, thought of like um, being too spiritual and being like devoid of um, uh, the material and like not wanting to be in the material universe, not wanting to be in the physical universe. And it's like, that's more ego than anything else. Like the spiritual ego is huge, you know? And it's like, I think there's also this level of spirituality where we need to, um, I think sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is be quote unquote unspiritual. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is sit on the couch with a tub of ice cream and binge watch Netflix. Yeah. And then get excited about buying new clothes at the store Mm -hmm. because it's like, so long as we're naming this is spiritual and this is material and this isn't spiritual, but this is spiritual. We're canceling out everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a, do you know, Paul Selig? Uh, No, I'm not. I don't. Um, He's a powerful teacher. He channels, Mm -hmm. um, his guides. I don't know. He's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he has lots of books, but he has this one book that I started reading. Um, he calls it beyond the known realization. 
Mm-hmm. And something he talks about within that book is a lot, but <laughs> one thing that's coming up right now is he speaks about um, um, if you say the sky is divine, but the mud is not divine, then nothing is divine mm-hmm. because everything is divine. Yes. Yeah. So like wanting to have material success and a big nice house and money and all of these different things, that's just as divine as wanting to go sit in a cave for a month. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so long as we think it's not, there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were saying earlier too, about the fact that energy is comprised, like everything is comprised of energy. And when we start healing ourselves and coming back to our, our soul self, we essentially eradicate the, the illusion of separation. And we understand mm-hmm. that we are the, we are no more separate from like you and I are no more separate than the, the microphone in front of me, than the, the chair that I'm sitting on, than the plants mm-hmm. hanging above me. Like there, everything is interconnected. And when you accept that, then you can move through life in a more powerful way because you are no longer disconnected. You are no longer separate. And it, it changes the way you hold yourself and, and move through this world. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and something that just came through based <laughs> on what you shared, which is really juicy, has everything to do with, um, it's like um, going back to what we shared and like based on what you said of like the ego and the eternal self. Mm-hmm. It's like when we're living in the ego, everything becomes serious and everything becomes difficult and everything is serious and challenging and ah oh, heavy. But it's like when we step into the eternal self and remember who we truly are and we allow that to and we allow ourselves to sit within that position. And I think Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one of the reasons why plant medicine is powerful or meditation Mm -hmm. retreats or any of these things, because we allow ourselves time and space in which to steep within the consciousness of our eternal self and be able to carry that with us and sit in that seat, so to speak. And the more we do that the more we remember that this life, this experience in the physical is a playground that mm-hmm. source created for us. And it's not serious and hard. And there's challenge. I'm not saying there's not challenges and mm-hmm. lessons to be learned, yeah. but it's not as serious as the ego makes it out to be. And the only reason why the ego is so serious is because it's temporal and it's an illusion at, at a certain level and it dies and it changes Mm-hmm. And it's serious because it doesn't want this guayusa to get this guayusa to finish because then who am I going to be without this guayusa? That kind <laughs> of thing, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that it's um the the who am I without this? That's actually a really important kind of belief and realization around healing ourselves as well, because when we are going through the the process of healing, when we are going through those, those ego deaths and letting go of those identities we created around ourselves, we wonder like, who am I without this illness? Who am I without this, this pain or this trauma? And if I allow myself to heal, does it invalidate my experiences? Does it mean that everything that I went through was, was somehow false? Was it in my head? So we hold on to those things, but that's what prevents us from healing. Mm -hmm. And that like, yeah, exactly. That holds us back a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's really, it's challenging to move through that. And because like a lot of this is like, you can listen to all the podcasts or all the YouTube videos and do all of that. But ultimately on a certain level, it is a personal journey and it is something we all need to come to within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a really beautiful quote and I, I'm definitely going to miss say it because I can't remember the entire thing, but it's essentially, you know, I've, att- I've attended a thousand funerals for myself within my lifetime. Mm. And, and it's so true because each day you essentially become a different person still mm-hmm. within your soul self, but you are not the same person you were yesterday or five minutes ago or a month ago or 10 years ago, you evolve and you're constantly evolving and, and you are attending in many ways, many funerals for yourself, because there are so many shifts that you go through and grow through. Mm. 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 That's really, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, something that comes up for me when you share that um, is I think a lot of this, and I think this will help a lot, including myself, is um, in that understanding, there needs to be some kind of consistency somewhere. And there needs to be something we can attach to and something we can hold on to. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, that I think holds a lot of people back, including myself in certain situations and in the past, is um, we choose to hold on to something that's not serving us because we don't know what else to hold on to. Mm, Yeah. And it's like, and I think this is a big reason why um, certain people find a lot of um, growth and healing and evolution in religion or in this thing or in that thing, because it's giving them something to hold on to and grab a hold of, you know? And it's like the way that I've found that is through uh, prayer and playing music And um, those kinds of things, you know, because it's like really what I think one of the most healing things we can do. And I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Have you read the book, The War of Art? No, I haven't, but it's behind me. (laughs) Oh my God, you have to read it. It'll change your life. And anyone listening, read The War of Art if you're creative or entrepreneur or something like that. Um, Because one thing he talks about is the war of art and how... um, Mm -hmm there's resistance within ourselves to the things that are going to create the most growth and evolution for us and for our souls. It's like, um, there's resistance. I'm sure when you post on social media or I'm doing a new offering or I'm going to do this podcast or, Mm -hmm. and I have that too, because it's a natural unfoldment. And it's like the resistance is coming from the ego, not wanting to expand into something, but the soul wants to expand. So that's where the excitement comes from, you know? And it's like, so long as we choose to live in resistance and not do that thing, that's where I believe addiction comes from and drama and all of these different things. And you can see, and one thing I've studied is like, um, you can pretty much guarantee that, that I'm not saying at a general rule, but most of the times people who have a lot of drama in their lives or a lot of emotional ups and downs or um, are just unhappy, unhealthy, anxious or dramatic or whatever. The, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but mm-hmm. just observationally, if that's going on within someone's life, uh, nine times out of 10, something I've observed is there's not a level of um, creating and being fulfilled in life and in work and in business yeah. at the same time. And that's something he talks about in the war of art is like, so long as you don't do your work and meaning like, maybe you want to write a book or maybe you want to build a business or maybe you want to coach, maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to do that. So long as you're not doing that, 
that's where the addictions comes from. That's where you're going to want to escape into alcohol. That's where you're going to want to do all of these different things. But so long as you, in the second part of the book, he talks about turning pro so long as you quote unquote turn pro and just show up every day and do that thing, you're not going to have this need to jump into these different habits or do these things or create drama in your life Mm -hmm. because you're fulfilled. And it's like, the way I see it is like source energy is always being channeled into us and through us. And if, and then with that, there's a soul mission that we're called to. And um, so long as we're not doing that soul mission, which we have resistance to on a certain level, the source energy has to go somewhere else. And it's like, we can think of that thing we're called to as our light And so long as we're not living in our light, we have no choice but to go into the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. And this also comes up, I feel, in the form of not just addiction and those kinds of things, but also in the form of um, something else he talks about in a different book is uh, shadow careers. So maybe it's like, maybe you have this dream of being a musician and you're like, just want to be a musician. But then what you do instead is you choose to be um, a manager for a musician and live in the shadow career of mm. what you're actually choosing to be. Oh, or maybe you want to be um, a podcaster or something, but you end up just, I'm just going to edit podcasts for this, for Tony Robbins or whatever it is. Yes. Oh, I resonate with that so hard. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Oh. And it's like not a bad thing if we're in that space on a certain mm-hmm. level, because I've been in positions where it's like, um, I wanted to do X, Y, and Z. And for a long time, I had a mentor where I was, because when we have a mentor and we're like uh, in that kind of way, it's like we're in their shadow on a certain level. That's why like when you get a new job, it's called shadowing because Mm -hmm. we're learning from them, you know, but um, there's this other book. I don't have it anymore, but um, it's by Robert Greene. It's called Mastery. And one thing he talks about is the journey to mastery. And there's like different stages we step through. Mm -hmm. And he says, there's this point in our journey to mastery where we have to be an apprentice and have to have a mentor on a certain level. But he says the way in which to evolve and not get stagnant and stuck is we cannot live in the shadow of our mentor for forever. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself, if you're listening in some shadow aspect of what you actually want to do, um, like we spoke about earlier there, there's a reason for that. And it's serving us on a certain level, but there will always come a point where it's time to step out of that and step into the light with what it is we're here to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel that so hard. (laughs) That's like my entire life. Oh, for me, like, as you were talking, I was just reliving my, my entire life. And I'm like childhood. I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to serve and help like bring justice and like help protect people. Mm. And, then, and then I joined the military for that same reason. That, and then eventually spirit just like literally two by four me to the head and kicked me out of it. Um, <laughs> but now I'm actually doing the work that I've always wanted to do, which is serving and helping and healing and making a, an impact in the world. So it's so interesting to hear that, that shadow, like that shadow career, because that's exactly what I did for so long until I finally came home into myself. Mm-hmm. And something involved. else I want to like share within that is um, ha- being in a shadow level of our career, whatever it is, is not a bad thing. And it's mm-hmm. nothing to shame ourselves about. That's yeah. a big thing across the board, no matter what we're talking about. There mm-hmm. is never, ever, 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 ever a scenario or situation that 
is necessary for us to shame ourselves or beat ourselves up or blame ourselves. Never, because that sends us into a spiral downwards and creates mm-hmm. more powerlessness and all of that. So there's no reason to shame ourselves if we find ourselves in a shadow version of what we're doing because it's not your fault and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's and even in that, there's no reason to shame ourselves and say, oh, it's my fault that I should be doing this because there are many different reasons why that could be the case. Maybe yeah. your soul knows you're going to learn certain things in that scenario in which to be able to fully step into your light. Or maybe exactly. um, on a certain level, society has programmed us to believe that this thing is how we want to do like what you were sharing, like, oh, I'm a lawyer or in the army. It's like, maybe that comes from, that's the only options that we knew were available to us because of Mm -hmm. the way we've been brought up, you know? And it's like, for me, I was touring in a metal band and like, that was fun. But at the same time, it's like, that's all in my societal programming and in the the way that I was raised, that's Mm -hmm. all I saw as a viable option. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so important. What you said is don't shame anything because when we shame things, we end up pushing away the lessons that we are meant to learn. Like, even though yeah. like looking back, I was in clearly shadow careers and, and that's a great realization for me. There's so many gifts that came out of it. So many lessons. And had I not been there, I likely wouldn't be where I am today because I had like, that was part of my soul journey, exactly. part of my spiritual awakening. So I don't hold any, um, any regret or shame about anything. And I had to do work to let go of that because I did for a long time. I held resentments and everything, yeah. but there's so many gifts within it. And I think that's, that's the part that we need to remember is that when we shame, we push away those gifts, but when we just look at it from that observer standpoint, we can finally accept and bring into ourselves all of the gifts that were given to us throughout all of our experiences. Mm-hmm. And something that um, I feel is really important within all of this is um It's like the practice of self-inquiry and all of this is important because what it helps us do is it helps us really come back to the perfection in all things. Like something Course in Miracles talks about is the difference between creation and miscreation. And it's like creation comes from source and miscreation is an illusion of the mind. And it's like, we cannot truly create wrong things or miscreations because what has created us is perfect and whole. Mm. And it's like, um, where the heck was I going with that? Um, Oh yeah. That's where I was going with that. When we do the self-inquiry work and like what you're saying of like moving through those and how shame pushes away the lessons, which it does. It's like shaming ourselves for a certain thing is based on and built on the belief that this was not supposed to happen. And I did something wrong and this isn't Mm. perfect. And that creates separation. But so long as we do the work to come back to source and come back home to ourselves, we realize that everything is perfect. Every situation, every scenario, every breath you take, every single thing that you act on and do is perfect. And so long as we continue to come back to that, we come back to that holy instant and we're able to really um, see that there is no mistakes. We're never doing, we're never making mistakes and we're never doing anything wrong ever, because we're always guided by source. We're always guided by our guides and we're always on the right track. Even when we think we're going backwards and doing the wrong thing, we're not. 
it's all an illusion. This actually came up last night in the conversation I was having of like, um, I don't know for everyone listening, but Anastasia, have you ever been on one of those rides where it's like you walk, it's like a theater, but then there's like the big uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, it's like a big boat looking thing but it's like, it's like rectangular and there's probably 40 seats and then you sit in it and then the screen turns on and then it lifts up and it moves like this with the, with the screen. No, but I can picture it. (laughs) Okay. So it's like, imagine you're sitting in this thing and then you're on a screen or the screen pops up and then you go on this ride, but it's a virtual ride. And then the big thing you're sitting in starts to move, but it doesn't actually go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, but the illusion is we're on the screen and we're going up and down and to the left and falling backwards and doing all this stuff. Yeah. But we're really not actually going anywhere. And I think that's a good metaphor for like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I made a mistake and now I'm 20 steps behind and I screwed up and now I got to start all over. That's all an illusion. Mm-hmm. That's all miscreation. And it's like miscreation is actually not actually creation. It's not actually yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. And like, so long as we, and that's a beautiful realization that I've had recently of like, anytime we have a story, a pop-up or a miscreation, so to speak, pop up where we think something's happening, we'll see a temporary manifestation illusion of that, but it will never actually land in reality because reality is only creations from source. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, um, that I always say, and I, and I teach a lot of is there is no falling off track. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no falling yes. off track. It's like, you're walking this path. And, and if you fall off track, which I don't believe you do, it's, it's like, you have to walk around a boulder. That's your off track, but you're constantly moving forward. You're constantly on that path. So there is no falling off. There's just a choice that maybe takes you on a little detour and then you come back. It's just a different path in the forest per se that you're walking on, but you're, you're constantly on the path. Some of them are, are more bushy and and closed off. And there's some more branches that you have to crawl through. And some of it's really easy and you're back on the gravel part and it's all open and wide. And then sometimes you're going into the grassy stuff and you might find a tick once in a while. (laughs) Like there's, (laughs) there's always these things that are going to pop up, but you're constantly on your path. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. What was just coming through when you said that? That was so beautiful. Um, Oh yeah. Um, So like what you were saying about the detours and like, Oh, I took a detour and now I'm off track. It's like, um, have you read the law of one? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. That's a really powerful one. It's really out there, but it's really great. So in the seventies or eighties, there were this, this team of three, there was like a, they were like, some of them are quantum physicists. And I don't know if, I think they were all quantum physicists, like really high level scientists. Mm -hmm. And uh, they started to do these channelings with Ra, Ra, Mm -hmm. the sun God from Egypt. And um, so there's like five books of these channeled sessions with Ra. Cool. It's incredible. But uh, in the first book, or at some point in the books, they talk about um, so much, like the evolution of consciousness and the difference between dimensions and densities and um, how like a big thing that we're going through on the planet now is we're evolving from a third density vibration of like the ego and the solar plexus, so to speak, into Mm -hmm. a fourth density of the heart because mm-hmm. the fourth chakra, third chakra, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so it's like the densities of consciousness align up with the chakra system. And something that really changed my life so much is 
um, uh, they were speaking about the higher self. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they spoke about the higher self, the way they described it, this quantum physical perspective made so much sense. It's like the higher self is a seventh density being or sixth, seventh, it doesn't matter, a high density being. Um, so like ethereal light body being mm-hmm. that is basically us that has traveled through millions and millions and millions of years and mm-hmm. is pretty much at the end of time and space mm-hmm. and has chosen to turn around, look back in the past, the millions and millions and millions of years journey that it took and is now guiding itself as us to ourselves. Cool. Yeah. And that's like a very out there way to look at it and an easier way to look at it, which is still out there. Um, and I invite you to keep your mind open if you're listening, but I'm sure your audience is beautiful in that way. Yes. Um, the higher self, um, one thing my higher self drilled into me very early is the higher self um, is the version of us that exists outside of time and space. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we listen to our higher self, we're actually listening to the version of us that can see, like, imagine this book is our life, you know, and we're on page 432 and we're at this word, right? Mm-hmm. But the higher self is seeing all of this at once. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, as we're going through and reading these words or that, yeah, um, mm-hmm. then the higher self can see what's 80 pages ahead, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's like, like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like the higher self wrote the book. Yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, so long as we trust the higher self, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're like, I need to get this thing done, but my higher self's telling me go to the damn juice shop. Why mm-hmm. am I going to go to the juice shop? Oh my God. Like this happened the other day. Um, so like I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to do some work on my business and this and that. And like, literally my higher self was like, we're not going to do any work today. We're going to go to sit at the local juicery for hours. And I'm like, why? That doesn't make any sense, but I trust my higher self. So I trusted it. And in that experience of just doing nothing, I connected with a really good friend. And then I met this person that I haven't seen in a while. And she's like, Hey, I have a space for rent. If you want to ever do events. And now I have this event with my friends that we're planning. Oh, that's amazing. So it's like the higher, like trust those intuitions that feel like detours, because really what it's doing is we're choosing to tap into divine intelligence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can choose to live our life in divine intelligence. And that's where the magic is. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Oh, that's so juicy. I love those experiences. And the more Mm -hmm. that you, the more you trust, the more you allow that guidance to come through that, that divine intelligence, the more you'll have those experiences. Mm -hmm. You just open up. You're like, I'm, I'm ready to receive, like bring it in. (laughs) And something that's coming through that I want to share is if anyone is ever at a point where they feel like shit's hitting the fan and everything's falling apart. And you're like having this intuition of like, Oh my God, Uh, maybe I should quit my job or you're thinking about quitting your job or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be quitting your job. It could be any sort of big leap of faith. Um, Mm -hmm. Your higher self will test you to 
trust itself, to trust you, basically, the version of you that is your higher self. And the more you trust that and jump into those leaps of faith, the more you will build trust in your higher self and see the magic actually happening in the physical universe. Mm -hmm. And then you're free. And then you're like, oh, I can trust this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how, when that happens, the, the power and that, that, that love power builds Mm -hmm. within you and you just get more and more confident and more and more trusting. And it's like all of those gifts that you've been waiting for start flooding you because it's, it's you opening the, opening the blocks and opening the floodgates for that energy to fully just embrace you. Yeah. One of the best decisions I ever made. Um, um, so at some point along my journey, um, I was like probably a year or so after I quit the band and then had my first ayahuasca retreat, mm-hmm. I was still living at home and I wasn't making a lot of money doing the band thing. So I was at home, didn't really have a job, didn't really have money. I was just kind of making YouTube videos and my family decided to move to uh, across the country. I was in Vegas. They wanted to move to upstate New York where their fam- where our family's mm-hmm. from. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to stay here and figure out how to make money and do this. It didn't work. I went to upstate New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and it was like kind of a dark night of the soul experience, but mm-hmm. in that I had so many realizations and downloads and then it came to a point, maybe after two or three months of being there that I had, I had this huge vision come through from my higher self and my higher self was like, now go back to the West coast. And then my mind and ego in that fear separate mentality said, okay, I'll work this job for six months and save up $12,000 and then I'll move in a safe way. And my higher self said, why don't you buy a plane ticket with that $200 you have left? Mm. So I spent $170 on this plane ticket and I spent $30 on food for the week. And then all of a sudden synchronicity started to unfold. This person that I met on the plane to New York randomly, he didn't even sit next to me, but he sat next to me for five minutes. He was a healer that lived in New York city where my plane was flying out of. He came back to town um, the day that I was arriving to town So I was able to stay with him. Then I took the plane fight back and then this person gave me money and then I flew to Las Vegas and then the synchronicity that unfolded, it was the craziest decision I've ever made, but the best decision I ever made because it developed, I was able to develop such a strong connection and trust in my higher self. Mm. Oh, I love that. (sighs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just shows you how, what can happen when you just trust. Yeah. And jump yeah. into like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But that's exactly the space in which you learn how to trust your higher self. Mm-hmm. Because when shit's all over the place and you don't know where to look and you don't know what to trust, you have no choice but to quote unquote, look up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And trust the divine unfoldment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit with this, like this beautiful energy for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do want to, uh, touch a little bit more on, um, plant medicine because yeah. we haven't uh, had a chance to touch on that yet. And I, I think that's really important and you have so much, knowledge around this. 
So I would love to know more about like plant medicine, like what, um, what is it? And like, I've, I've worked with plant medicine myself, but for those of uh, my listeners that haven't, and like, what are, what are, what is plant medicine and, and what does it mean when you are working with the spirit of it? And yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess a great way to start kind of like an elementary level explanation is like, basically what plant medicine is, is it's, um, it's the original medicine, really. Mm. It's like plant medicine in all of its capacities, ayahuasca, cacao, tobacco, um, mushrooms, all of these different combo and combo is not really a plant medicine, but um, it's an animal medicine. But long story short, all of these medicines are medicines of the earth Mm. and have been used for time immemorial, immemorial, like we literally have no idea how long some of these medicines have been used Mm -hmm. because it, it predates recorded history, you know? And, um, so it's like, what we're doing when we're working with plant medicine is we're not doing drugs. We're not getting high. We're not losing our mind. We're not doing that. Like the, the way in which a lot of people perceive it because of some program or some fear, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, what we're doing is we're, um, really, communing with source in a certain way because what's happening is source is about unity conscious that doesn't make sense but really what we're on this journey of is unification and unity consciousness and all of this so Mm -hmm. when we're communing with a plant medicine and whichever one it is we're choosing to work with this spirit and become one with a spirit Mm -hmm. and then learn the lessons and become one with this spirit you know and that's any plant medicine that we work with, you know, and uh, something that I've learned is they're, they're like different aspects of um, a family, our family, really. It's like we have Pachamama, the earth, mother earth, right? Tobacco's father earth, ayahuasca, people say grandmother ayahuasca, mm-hmm. uh, San Pedro, people say grandfather San Pedro, um, all of these different things, you know, peyote, combo all of these so they're like it really is a way to tap us into truth and dissolve the illusions and dissolve the fear and the the falseness of our truth and really give us a tangible real experience of our divine self and of the divine that's really the i wouldn't say the goal but that's kind of what unfolds with plant medicine and shamanism it's it's not about reading scriptures and listening to a priest talk, it's about mm-hmm. having a direct experience of the divine. Mm-hmm. And there's, and then within that, it's like we're working with spirits. We're not just ingesting a substance. That substance is actually calling in the spirit. And then we're working with a spirit within us. And um, and then people will be like, oh, what spirits? Ah, it's like um, this came up recently for me with a with a friend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a question about, are we a channel? Are we, are we not a channel? We're all channelers. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. The question then is, what are you choosing to channel? Meaning what spirits are you choosing to commune with? And mm-hmm. if you're not choosing to commune with spirits, then some kind of spirit is going to choose to commune with you. So like within this level of things, it's very important to have some sort of connection to the divine no matter what, a conscious connection to the divine Mm -hmm. or else who knows what wants to hang around you. You know what I mean? 
you mm-hmm. know? So it's important to fill your couch, so to speak. And um, yeah. So when we're kind of working with plant medicine, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it makes more sense when you work with it. And it's, it's like kind of certain experiences can be beyond words really. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you you're aware of that, you know, and um, there's different levels and different kind of jobs that the plants have different plants will teach us different lessons and have different functions and um, jobs, so to speak on the spiritual immaterial plane. Mm-hmm. So like um, a plant that I have a really strong relationship and I work with and I sell on my website is hape, which is father earth tobacco so mm-hmm. the hape um uh, is it's basically this this powder right and they call mm-hmm. it hape but they also call it the dust of the ancestors mm-hmm. um so what this is it's um it's the jungle tobacco which has no connections to the cancer no carcinogens it's an actual medicine it's very powerful medicine mm-hmm. so they take that and then they mix it with um uh, depending on the blend, there's many different blends of hape, but um, sunu is like a really good one. That's like um, a lot of beginners will start with because um, mm-hmm. it's just like very good general. It's like um, I always make the not really a joke, but it's like to make it easier to understand for like the Western mind where we don't yeah. really have plant medicine, so to speak. Um, uh, sunu is kind of like the vanilla ice cream, so to speak, because mm. it's just a good, like simple, it's just hape, you know, and then you yeah. have like rose hape and cacao hape, Iowa, all these different hapes, you know? Mm. Um, so basically what they're doing is they're taking the tobacco and then they're taking the tree bark or the plant that they're working with. They're burning it until they get the white ash. And then they mix the white ash with the tobacco. And then mm. it's administered through the nose with what's called the curipe, which looks like this. Or you can use a tepi, which um, is, uh, here, let me grab it. Uh, actually, it's, I don't know where it is right now, but a tepi is like uh, a way that someone else could serve you or you can receive from someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, hape is a beautiful, beautiful medicine, beautiful spirit ally and teacher, because one of the jobs that tobacco has and hape has is really the, um, um, communication with spirit it sends when we work with and commune with tobacco or hape in this manner mm-hmm. um and in this case where our prayers are getting sent directly to source that's mm-hmm. like tobacco one of tobacco's jobs and it also helps us with clarifying what's moving through us or what's happening basically mm-hmm. it's like sometimes we can be confused about i have all this stuff to do but it's not feeling right and i don't know which way to go and i don't know what's going on this medicine can help us clarify what's we're feeling and create clarity and downloads. And, Oh, that makes sense. That's where I'm supposed to go. It helps us get focused and concentrated and move forward on our path. Mm-hmm. And another powerful um, use of this medicine or, or benefit, I should say of this medicine is uh, it's a major reduction in anxiety and fear, and it helps us clear anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. And it also is a very powerful tool for protection. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I'm curious. So um, I, I'm very new to plant medicine uh, myself. So I, I really basically consider me a beginner. I, I know some things, but um, yeah, you know, I've always kind of held this um, part of this belief where it's important to cultivate your connection to spirit 
um, on your own, and then you can incorporate plant medicine. And I know some people do it in a, in the opposite way, but I'm curious as to what your, your thoughts are, um, just surrounding connecting on your own connecting while using plant medicine and just kind of the, I don't know if there's any laws around that or anything. <laughs> um, one thing I've learned is that the both avenues are good. It's yes. good to be able to connect with spirit on your own. But then at the same time, it's like a big thing that really helps helped me along the journey with plant medicine is realizing the plants are teachers mm. and allies and they exist mm -hmm. in a space of unity and unconditional love. So um, they can help us bridge the gap to spirit because sometimes we we feel sometimes we have no idea where we're at consciously. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many times where I've had hape or, or yeah, hape. And um, I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't see that. I didn't realize that was going on. Like they're allies and friends and assist and, and teachers they're helping yes. us. Right. Okay. So it's like, um, yes, it's good to cultivate that connection with spirit on our own, but um, it's also powerful to have uh, teachers and allies in that space to be able to help us along that journey and help us learn more and grow more and connect more and heal and shift and all of this and how to be in a good way, how to be in a good relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, I think it has everything to do with intention. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, um, it doesn't matter how it doesn't, necessarily um it matters mostly about what your intention is when it comes to working with these plants and mm -hmm. is it in a prayerful and respectful and reverent way and you're approaching mm -hmm. it with humbleness and gratitude yeah. then it's great and it can help us along the way you know because mm -hmm. the plants are not um the plants are not it's like we're connecting with it's like in the same way we're talking yeah. this is how we can build a relationship with the plants and mm -hmm. with the relation and with the, the medicine, you know, so it's mm -hmm. like, we can think of it more as like, um, it's like working with Hape, for example, because that's what we've been talking about. It's like, um, we're connecting with a being, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the difference? Uh, because then when we say like connecting with spirit on our own, well, what if somebody decides that they love to go to a yoga class every day? That's connecting to a being and having assistance and having yes. teachings come yeah. through another being. So it's very similar to, it's just in this case, this being is a plant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, uh, as you were, as you were explaining everything, what ended up dropping into me is, um, you know, like when you can quote unquote, connect to spirit on your own. Like I always bring in, like I, I blend with my spirit team. I blend with, mm -hmm. with creator and that's, that's essentially what you're doing just with a plant. You're, you're blending exactly. with that, that spirit team of a plant, their mm -hmm. consciousness, instead of maybe your actually your spirit team and spirit, like it's, it's just a different way. So that was beautiful that you explained it as it being a teacher, because again, like even when you connect to spirit, you're still blending with spirit or you're blending with yeah. the plant consciousness or you're blending with yeah. human consciousness. Like there's always that teacher, that guide, no matter what. So that's beautiful. exactly. And I think within all of this too, something really beautiful, it's like mm -hmm. it, 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 it's unity with God, no matter what, yes. whether we're meditating yeah. on our own, going to a yoga class, 
having hape, having this medicine, it's unity with God, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as so long as we have the belief of like, oh, plant medicine is this and da, 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 da. That's what's going to unfold because Mm -hmm. a big way that the plants teach us that I've learned is um, they uh, reflect back to your beliefs and what you believe and what you think and what's moving through you and all of that. Mm -hmm. And they do so with love to teach you and show you what it is that's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if we have a certain belief about like um, in the case of hape, something I've learned with the hape and with tobacco is it helped me heal a lot of uh, my 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 father wounds and mm-hmm. relationship to my father. And it's like in these plants, having these archetypal uh, father tobacco, uh, grandfather, grandmother, these kinds of things, mother. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like certain people I notice um, can maybe be drawn to a certain medicine because of the trauma that they have to work through or they have Mm. to work through, you know? So like someone like me, I had a lot of father stuff going on. So it makes sense that Hoppe called to me and wanted to help me move through those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And then maybe someone, um, yeah, all of these different levels, you know? Mm. Very neat. Um, so I'm curious, you had mentioned that kind of along alongside the the archetypes of like mother father grandmother grandfather um the different plant medicines have kind of different lessons that they might teach you can you explain a little bit more about what some of the differences between them might be yeah um from my experience one thing that i've learned is it's um they teach us in different ways you know and Mm -hmm. and yeah working on how to share this because it's it's like one of those things, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I find that it's like, um, I actually read this beautiful book called um, Plant Spirit Shamanism Mm -hmm. by, gosh, what is his name? Ross Heaven. It's a really, and someone else, I can't remember the other guy's name, but it's a really beautiful book. If you're interested in plant medicine and all of this stuff, check that book out. But one thing they talk about is plant medicine really takes on this um, homeopathic understanding of like cures like so Mm -hmm. the way the plant looks the way the plant all of these different aspects will dictate to us or or inform us rather as to how that plant is going to help us right Mm -hmm. so there's like a plant in the jungle called bobinsana and the bobinsana is this very like bouncy um like pom-pom looking pink pom-pom looking thing that grows literally in the river, its roots sit in the river and it's very bouncy and femininely strong. Yeah. And when we look at it that way, it, the, the medicine that comes through is very feminine and heart opening mm-hmm. and self-love and all of these different things, you know? And then we mm-hmm. think of Rose. Rose has, is like very beautiful and feminine, but then also has the thorns, you know? So it teaches love on those different levels. Mm-hmm. And then something like tobacco, uh, tobacco is different. Tobacco is like many different things but and then so yeah so like the way the plants teach us it's first and foremost it's like informed within the way they look right so it's Mm -hmm. like um with ayahuasca for example the way it grows is it's a vine and it's it's spinning and it wraps around trees and it grows on the jungle floor and all of this you know so it's like in the understanding of that's how it grows then when we work with that medicine it's going to unravel the vines of our consciousness and of our life and help us to come more into balance with those different things, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, 
um, and then at the same time, that's it's like very feminine because it's flowing and doing this kind of thing, right? So it's the grandmother, it's the feminine, and it unfolds like this, right? It's very watery. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same, on the flip side, we have like Wachuma, the San Pedro, the grandfather, right? And it's like the cactus is standing straight up, very stiff, very strong, very mm-hmm. masculine grandfather energy right so it puts you in this space of like very masculine and stern and strong in this way but also open heart connecting really high up and rooting very deep right so it's like um they help us in different ways based on the way they're growing and based on those energies that they have to be able to teach us with those perspectives they have to teach us with does that make sense does that answer your question yeah absolutely that was a, that was a really great explanation into, mm. into things. And I never thought about it that way. Um, looking at the actual plant and how it grows. I, I, you know, I used to think like, Oh, it's a plant. Hey, yeah, <laughs> like, that can happen. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've learned to connect with the, with the consciousness of plants and, and talk to plants, if you will. And, uh, yeah. I've, learned, I've learned that, but I've never, I've never like put, put it deeper into looking at how it grows and, and the, the meaning and the, the energy behind how it's growing and what it looks like, because I, I, I don't know, I just never put those together, but I think that's a really beautiful way to connect with, I think all plants, um, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Yeah. And like being able to have that communication with plants, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We can even like, if we're able to communicate with plants in that way, then we can just ask the plant, what do you help with? Mm-hmm. And then maybe your eyes will be drawn to a certain way that it grows, or you'll get a download of like this from the plant, you know, like mm-hmm. we can communicate with these beings like that. Yeah. And something else that came through that I wanted to share with in terms of Hoppe is um, it really helps us really drop into our humbleness and mm-hmm. drop into, it's like helps us curb our ego when it's out of bounds because it burns and it's really intense in certain ways, you know? So mm-hmm. it really helps us like, oh, ground back into ourself and into mm-hmm. our heart and into our bodies. And like the act of administering it into the nose really helps us blow out our thoughts and our, our patterns in our heads, so to speak. Mm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am curious because I've, I've heard many people talk about this. So um, for example, with musher medicine, um, mm-hmm. people have said like, you can do like microdosing things like that, or you can, go like big and essentially experience those ego deaths. And I'm curious as to like what your thoughts and opinions are around how you work with it in that way. Like, do you need to go like essentially go big or go home? Like, can you use it plant medicine in small doses? Is there something that's better or worse or. I would say go big and go home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, I think there's validity and power into both and it has everything to do with your intuition. And I think um, on top of that as well, um, something that's important to remember um, with any plant medicine work, mm-hmm. especially the psych, mainly the psychedelics and always the psychedelics is, um, is like the experience in and of itself is mm-hmm. one level, right? And then mm-hmm. like what we learn and what comes through with that, if we don't integrate it into our life, after the experience, then we're effectively just getting high and not actually changing and growing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it doesn't ultimately matter so much 
as to if you feel called to microdose or if you feel called to have a big dose, it's good whenever, if you feel called, then beautiful, you know, but it's yeah. like, what are you doing with that experience? Right. Mm. That's the biggest thing I find. And um, yeah. it's important to integrate. But then at the same time, um, if we have a big ego death experience and we're like, oh my gosh, that was powerful. Um, it can be helpful afterwards at some point, maybe to have a microdose to like get into that state just a tiny bit to be able to integrate the experience and kind of open that channel just mm -hmm. a little bit to be able to like, oh yeah, that's what I learned and be able to integrate in that way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very neat. So if somebody wanted to start working with plant medicine, what, like, what advice would you have for them? Um, I would say first and foremost, get, um, no, not that first and foremost, I would say is really feel into, um, if you know, you know, meaning, uh, if the plants are calling you, mm -hmm. then the plants are calling you. And a lot of the times, um, I wouldn't worry so much as to like, how do I do it and do this and do that? Like, obviously like there's, you can go on Instagram and there's so many different ayahuasca centers that you can travel to or mushroom center. There's all these different places you can go to in mm -hmm. Mexico, even in Peru and, um, all of these different places, you know? And it's like, when we have that calling, mm -hmm. um, listen to that and mm -hmm. choose to like maybe go into a meditation and connect to that and say, I would love to experience whatever that plant is calling you. Yeah. It will show up in your reality via divine synchronicity in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form, you know? So mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry too much about how do I work with it or how do I get started? Um, because it will show up for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And in the case of Hoppe, if you're feeling called the Hoppe, well, then this is a divine synchronicity because I have a website to, in yeah. which to order Hoppe. So mm -hmm. there's that, you know, and like, it'll just show up for you Perfect. if you feel called and if you're yeah. ready for it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is there anything that we should be aware of, of like what not to do? Um, if it's like a psychedelic experience, um, do not sit with someone facilitator wise that you don't feel safe with and don't feel mm -hmm. comfortable with and mm -hmm. doesn't know what they're doing. Cause mm -hmm. that can leave you off worse off than when you started, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's a very sacred thing. It's like, you wouldn't just have sex with anyone. So yeah. don't open your consciousness with just anyone either, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you can look up like, what questions should I ask an ayahuasca facilitator? There's a website where you can find that, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's just very important to discern um, who it is you're working with mm -hmm. because you don't know their, you want to know their intentions and you want to feel safe and you want to know everything about that. And like, if they have only been working with this, if they had one experience with this medicine and now they're calling themselves a shaman and facilitating it, mm -hmm. that's probably not a good idea, you know? Yeah. But if this person's been studying for decades and this is what they do, then ask questions and see if you feel comfortable and called to work with that person in whatever medicine it is or whatever context it is, you know, mm -hmm. it's just important to be safe and smart about it. Cause basically it's like, it's, you're having spiritual surgery done mm -hmm. and um, you wouldn't just go under the knife with a surgeon that is in medical school and is like, <sighs> or isn't even in medical school and it just watched Grey's Anatomy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like the same thing in a different way. Mm. Beautiful. That's a, that's a really great way to look at it. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then the intention, absolutely, is also everything. Yeah. And the intention I find will always come to you. Like Mm -hmm. if you feel called um, and then you end up in a space where you're able to experience that and you feel Mm -hmm. safe and the facilitator is good and all of that, the intention will come to you and you'll realize because the plants will call you because they have a higher level of consciousness and see certain things Mm -hmm. that they can help with. And then you get into the experience and you'll be like, oh my God, that's why I'm here. That's why all these things have been unfolding. And this is what I'm here to work on. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Is there anything else that we should know about plant medicine that you feel called to let us know? Everything is plant medicine. Everything is medicine. The food Mm -hmm. you eat, the water you drink, the, Mm -hmm. the place you live in, everything is medicine. Mm -hmm. The people you hang out with, the work that you do, the books that you read, the crystals you hang out with. Oh, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Absolutely. Mm. Mm, that brings everything's so much... either medicine or poison. Mm-hmm. That brings a lot of sacredness into everyday life. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, this was so amazing, Joshua. Thank you so yeah, much for this coming was a lot on of the fun. podcast. Yeah, it was. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. And I I feel like I could have you back at least another 10 times because there's so much <laughs> that we could talk about. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel called to share about anything we talked about or anything on your heart? Hmm. If anything at all in what we talked about or what I shared resonated with you, you can follow me on Instagram and I'm sure you can like put those links in the, in yes. the description and all yeah. of that. And uh, yeah, I would love to connect with anyone that's feeling called to this kind of work and mm-hmm. is interested in the miracle medicine activation or whatever it is. Connect with me if you feel the call. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything will be in the show notes for all of you listening. So you'll be able to connect with Joshua really easily. And, um, yeah, definitely, definitely follow him. He has so much beautiful wisdom and such a beautiful energy. And, uh, he's, I'm just blessed to have you on the show. So yeah, thank you so much and definitely connect with him and, uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Woo-hoo. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me today on the soul service podcast you love what you heard, I would be over the moon if you would share this episode with your friends and leave me a five-star review and subscribe over on iTunes. I want to help as many people as I can, and I can't do it without your support. I'll see you on the next episode.